Making is a revolutionary act in a world where everything is made for you. Hi, my name is Saskia de Feiter and this is Pattern Shift. Day-to-day life as a creative business owner can be very lonely and overwhelming, leaving no time to actually grow your business. The Pattern Shift podcast gives you business insights and actionable tips to help you rise out of the day-to-day swamp and start to become more visible and move your business forward. Find out how you can be part of helping crafters move away from fast fashion and become a value-based business owner who's on top of things, running a business that's more sustainable for themselves and our planet. In this episode, I talk to Betsy Greer, writer of the books Knitting for Good and Craftivism, The Art of Craft and Activism. I heard Betsy speak in Rotterdam at School for the City, a platform where urban professionals can meet to informally discuss the challenges facing the modern city. Today, I want to widen the area and talk about craftivism for you, whether you are in a city or in the country, anywhere in the world. P.S. I'd love to know where you are in the world. So why don't you sign up for Pattern Shift Mails and just reply to an email to start a conversation with me, I'd love to hear from you. Find the link in the show notes and on patternshift.fm. So, that's it. Uh, tell me, what has your short day been like so far? It's still early. I've been up about 45 minutes. I'm drinking coffee. I have fed all the animals. I have taken a shower. I have, uh, it's still dark outside. We have three. We have a cat who's 17 named Bobbin, and then two dogs, Rico, who is a stray found in Puerto Rico, and Sadie, who is a, a stray that was, we, I adopted here in North Carolina. So I have this sentence for you that helps us to figure out who you are. I mean, we, can hear a lot about you and other interviews and stuff. And I did do an intro and you have an amazing book. So I have this magical sentence that gives us an an idea of who you are quickly. Okay. Okay. Can you describe what you do by finishing this sentence? I help people dot, dot, dot. I help people connect with themselves and with other people so that they can be empowered, so that they can they can feel more present in the world and in their bodies and in their selves. I think that connection is the most important thing in the world. And it's something that we are not always thinking about. We're trying to get more followers. We're trying to get more more, 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 more money, more whatever. And to me, connection is the key. Because if you have connection, you, it's okay to not have more. Because you're, you're going deeper rather than, rather than, than just an increase in numbers. And that's, that's important. And And I think that's important, whether it comes to something that you're making by yourself, that you're seeing the meaning and how you show up when you're making or whether when you're with other people. Yeah. We all have a a certain amount of space that we can fill up and we can fill it up with lots of different, small, undeep, undeep, shallow things. Yeah. I feel like when you want more all the time, it becomes a race for so many shallow things or can be because you don't have room to have anything deep because there's so much. And so it's important to me to talk about how making can help us in in big and and, and small ways. I've been thinking about this particular topic a lot lately because I'm growing the community, but growth is not always done by adding more. You can grow by going deeper or further. And the community is quite small, but it's very active and people are very engaged with each other. So I have to be honest, at the beginning, I thought uh, I need to have more and more and more people. And of course, you need a certain amount to be able to to run the show. But I'm also part of some communities that are so large that it's really hard to to really connect. People tend to become 
because I was going to say for years, like they're, they're watching and not engaging. Yeah. And I think it also depends on what you like, right? Like for me, I love one-on-one conversation. I love small group conversations. Uh, Like I've given talks to small groups. I've given talks to big groups. Both are fine. Right. But I love having big conversations with small groups and not everybody does. So I think that when you have a more, more, more kind of thing, you can hide a little bit. You can, you don't have to share if you don't want to, which is very comforting. And I think it just depends on what kind of, what you're, what you're drawn to personally. And don't get me wrong. I think sometimes my ego gets in the way of wanting to sell X number of books or whatever, X number of clicks or whatever. And then that always feels shallow and feels gross. And the only thing I really have to compare it to, which is in no way related, is like a one like something like a one night stand or something where it's like it just feels like icky. And I guess that feels icky because it's like something that is, is just like intenser than nothing. And that and that feels that doesn't feel good to me. And it feels good to to other people, but <laughs> that doesn't feel right for me to to have large groups where I don't get to know everybody where that's hard. That can be hard. But I also so I guess what I'm saying is it depends on what feels good to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I, I think it's really interesting that you're using the word icky because that comes up a lot on this podcast when we because we talk about branding and marketing and selling to people that work in crafts. And those words are really icky to most of them or a lot of them. And I kind of want to start this conversation where it's about you can be your own person and you can have your own values and do the ethical marketing and do it your way, but still be successful and still look at yourself as a business, which is different from having a hobby. So what is your what is your take on that? Do you feel like, because you're a writer, you do talks, do you look at yourself as somebody that is a business owner? Almost always have I had like a full-time job in conjunction of what I've been doing to give myself that space. Like I took, to be perfectly honest, I, in 2017, I remembered being assaulted in my twenties and which was not a great <laughs> thing. So I took like six years, maybe five years to just deal with that. And to focus on my job, I, during that period, I actually, I fell in love. I bought a house. I did like all these other things, but I, and so, and then over the past year, it's been like, okay, like I'm in a different place. So for me, in some, it's been kind of a, like a side business in some times, but then I've taken time off and I, and I mentioned all that. Um, because sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need to take time um, away. And so for me, having a full-time job gave me that freedom. And But that's, not everyone has that, right? So, But the point being is that like, because I'm doing it on the side, then I, I've given myself the freedom to let it grow as I want. And sometimes that has been hard because I'm like, can I do both at the same time? Like, how do I grow up? Like, there has been some tension there. And, um, but it's also given me the freedom to do what I want when I want. And, um, and I, and I mention it because I think that, I think it's great if you have your own business and that's awesome. And that's like rockstar awesome. But I also think that there is a train of thought that you can't have a full-time job and have your own thing as well. And that is success. And I want to poke a pin in that because if you're doing, yeah, if you're doing your work 10% and you're a full-time job 90% and that makes you happy, you are you're still creative. You still have a business. You still, that is still worthy. And I think that 
Um, there is also tension between people having to turn everything into a full-time job if it doesn't, even if it doesn't feel right. So if it feels right, that's awesome. You should do it. But if it doesn't feel right, don't let any kind of other, maybe it's caregiving that you're taking time out for. Maybe it's taking time out to heal, maybe whatever. Don't let that dictate that you are not creative, that you are not worthy of making the money that you want to make or whatever it is. Um, Because I see a lot of people, especially people that I went to, that I've gone to art school. It's very like an, of like, I'm not successful if I don't do this a hundred percent. And, and, and maybe everybody in your community does do it a hundred percent. I don't know, but I just want to say that like, no, it's, I, I get frustrated when everyone's like hustle and grind, like whatever. And then I, then you see all these mental health issues. Oh, definitely. Definitely. People that are like, I'm yes. exhausted. I'm a failure. I'm whatever. And I'm like, and so and to link it back, that small, deep community can sometimes feel bad because when you put, when you put it next to what other people are doing. And then that takes away from the actual joy of what you're creating, because the real truth is if you're creating a community and it's small and you can have deep conversations and show up fully, that is something that is very important and something that we are not allowed to do enough in the world of social media and, and rushing around and hustle and grind and and so I guess I just want to make space for for um, for that I love that you put a pin in it and I just want to put the pin in deeper (laughs) I think it's so important that we look at all these different uh, makers that turn into businesses or are not businesses or dream about becoming a business and offer them a realistic view of what that could look like it doesn't have to be full on. It can. In reality, most, most of these people either do it on the side, have a partner with an income. Um, that's just a reality of things. That's a huge one. Like the whole partner with an income is something that is not talked about enough. And then I've interviewed so many people and then you're like, you're like, thinking you know and then all of a sudden it comes up or somehow that they have a partner that or what whatever right you know or maybe they are a stay-at-home mom with a partner and then they make art on the side and then they and and then they feel shame or whatever in some way around that and and so I don't want to be shaming anyone for any of those circumstances because it's life and then, you know, I, I'm, you know, we're, we're 48, sorry to out you there, Saskia, but, um, but, and then you have like, you know, like everyone's getting older and then you have like caregiver, like there's like a lot of things in life. And taking care of yourself, like you said, just taking out time if you need it and being in the fortunate position to be able to do that is, is amazing. That's not something to feel shame about. That's an amazing place to be at. If you want to build or grow your business in textile crafts, why don't you join our online community for the small monthly contribution of only 10 euros, which is basically $10-ish. You get to hang out, learn from, and share your business and your personal craft journey with all the lovely people there. Support the podcast at the same time, and you get everything wrapped into one loving package. I would love to welcome you there. Go to patternshift.fm and click community. And while you're there, sign up for our emails so you'll never miss a thing. Yeah, I mean, it was, I'm very fortunate, right? And I'm able to, to deal with that and to take time out and to, and I was making, doing an affirmation project during that time. And it became very important to stitch things like, you know, yeah, so I did it. So I believe that if there's resistance in yourself or you feel like you're alone about something, it is a great 
so, uh, like source of uh, creative thought, shall we say, right? Or creative uh, work because I was doing this app and it was like a gratitude app. And it was like every morning it was like, you know, like what are three things you're going to do today to, to make your day good or whatever. And then there was like this, the last one was you had to come up with an affirmation and I couldn't come up with anything and I hated it and I thought it was stupid. And I was like, this is dumb. And I was like, wait, like, why am I so resistant to this? Why is this so hard? Because it was hard. And I was like, well, I was like, cause I don't feel connected to a lot of those words that would first come up. Right. I came up with like, I am kind like a thousand times. And I was like, this, this sucks. So I started thinking, why aren't other things like worthy or loved or beautiful or whatever? Why, like, why is there so much resistance to saying that to myself on my phone? And so I thought I could stitch them. That would make them sink in. And, and then I thought it can't be just me that feels this way. And so I started sharing it and people um, and I, I made these things and sometimes I left them outside for people to find. And then the project was recreated by people all over the world and still is like six years later. I just, <laughs> which is fantastic. The project is called You Just Are Very Beautiful with the initials hashtag Y-A-S-V-B, which is the first letter of, of every word. There's maybe 500 something close now, which is like, you know, it's more than just me, which is pretty cool. And you know, it's not a huge number, but it's, but like, I still get contacted by people that are like, can I do this in a workshop? That goes back to the whole thing of it doesn't have to be a huge number. If you change only one person's life and they will bring that into their community. And this is, this is so important. Right. And we say that like, it's kind of a trope or an an adage or whatever, but like when you really think about it, And what helps to me to really think about it is to go back and think about the one person. Like when you say, if I only change one person, like that sounds great, right? But I don't think we internalize what that means. And if you go back and you think about the one person that had belief in you, then it becomes clear of why it's important, at least for me. I immediately have two people in my head when you say that. Yeah, my dance teacher and my art teacher in high school. And then that becomes more meaningful I think right now I'm doing mantras for about making but like I want to make more pieces about shame and mental health and and healing after assault and all these things that I've had so much shame about I tried to make it like a project around just shame and then every time I and everyone was like this is great but like every time I started thinking about it it put me into my own shame spiral and I was like this is no good but I think also like if you have a project that resonates with you and feels good and feels important, it can, there's another, like there's the process of making, which is important. There's the product. And there's also to put it with another P there's also the photograph, which can be used in many ways, whether online or I mean, it could be social media. It could be on your website. It could be wherever to share what you, what you've done. And that is a, a another way to connect with foot or maybe you text your friend or whatever or your group or whatever and so sharing is an important part of the process because we live in such a a world that we do because then you can find like-minded people and one of the first emails I ever got on my own website in 2004 was somebody from I can't remember if it was Zimbabwe or South Africa to be honest uh, but a country I'd never been to and was like you have empowered me to think about my craft and that email has stuck with me for 20 years because that's the crux of what I want to do and that is both an internal and an external thing because I realized through all my trauma therapy that I had disconnected from myself and I was numb so the act of working with something that I could touch and feel and feel safe with was really important to me. So that is one avenue that's important to me, as well as connecting to other people like you. I reached out like when I was in Rotterdam, I was, I think I Googled like knitting Rotterdam. And then I found you and sent you an email and was like, what you're doing is really cool. I'll be in Rotterdam. And then we met and you're awesome. And you're awesome too. 
I know. Hey, hearts, hearts, hearts. Friends. <laughs> so, so, and then you, but you would never really meet people, you know, and like, if you don't do stuff like, like that, and it wasn't social media, because you're not, you know, that I met you through, right? Oh, I'm just realizing that it wasn't social media. And I think that there's so many like-minded people out there that are so cool to find and talk to. And we don't always think that they're there. And it feels really good. Like I met you and gave you like this giant hug, like right after we met, it was like, ah, ah, goodbye. My we, person. I'm sorry. Mine. <laughs> yes. Weird. And then you had to go home and I had to go back to my, ho- back to my hotel. And I was kind of sad because I was like, could have hung out with you longer. But like that is, but, but the point being like, that, that's, that's awesome. Right. That is so awesome. And I gave a talk and then I sat down and you're like, we have so much in common. And I was like, and I felt so awkward saying that because I usually I I really actively stay away from things that look or seem like some kind of a fan kind of girl thing. But I didn't even really know you before. I know, but we had this. But but also that that probably comes from like the whole punk um history right the punk diy history of like and there are two things that um i'm finding really interesting from that legacy of like punk and um is that um there is that instant connection usually of like you're like there's no hierarchy and you're like you're my friend now and and so and that kind of happens because you're not like oh that person has done x y or z you're just like we have a lot in common like we should hang out and like and so that feels really good because and the whole punk thing also if it brings a lot of brings more confidence then sometimes there's so much lack of confidence everywhere but if you come from that kind of way of thinking I can do it myself I don't need all of the status quo stuff I just think think it up and do it and that comes with a bunch of confidence and a little bit of bravery, even though you are still afraid, you still have fear. That doesn't isn't not the same thing, but that kind of connects. And then the extra thing of connecting over crafts, which also is the kind of the same vibe, but a little bit different. That is so so special. And yeah, I I really I'm interested in that part of confidence and the lack of confidence that so many specifically women or women identifying people struggle with. And I remember being on a plane uh, with somebody years ago and he was working in, he was working for a, a more sustainable fashion brand. And it was years ago. So I was very interested. I'm like, wow, tell me more. And we got into this really immersive conversation. Like, quickly and uh, I think it took us from from London back to Amsterdam to figure out how everything in the world should be solved Mm, we nailed it but we I mean completely Dave obviously but I get back to that a lot and it is that everybody would feel a little bit more confident about their abilities about themselves as a person about how they can the things that they do and they have to share make a difference, then that would solve so many problems and issues. Yeah, I think, and it's funny, like, that is very true. That is, I think confidence is huge, right? And I think that, like, I also have a lot of anxiety at the same time. So, like, that kind of <laughs> doesn't always help the uh, the confidence because I have confidence in connection, but then it's like, you know, do things and you're like, is anyone going to show up or whatever? And then like my anxiety is like 9,000 at that like level. But I, which again is ego, right? Like, which is, and like, also I think one of the problems that I've run across, I don't know about you, with punk, like there's this book, there's a woman named Beth Pickens and she's written some books about on like art and showing up with your art and stuff like that. But there's a section in her most recent book called Punk Damage. And about how the conversation around money and how it's like we don't need money we can do it ourselves we can you know whatever but how sometimes there is damage around earning our worth or asking for our worth 
Yeah, thank you for bringing it up. I was I was clenching my butt cheeks, thinking, where's she going to go with this? But thanks for bringing this up. Okay. I had a coaching session with somebody years ago, and she brought it up, and she's like, I work with a lot of women who were you know, in the punk scene or whatever. And the, that are like, I don't need a lot of money. I don't, whatever. And then you're also not earning your worth. So I think there's like this weird dichotomy, right? Like we put stuff out, we want to share it, but then it is hard to come back and then say, I am worth X. I am worth whatever. Um, Because in the punk community, money isn't talked about or it's a totally different thing. It's not like we're following Taylor Swift in the Eras tour. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, we're going to give a million dollars to our truck drivers because we have so much money. It's like, you know, like Fugazi would have shows for like five bucks. You know, that was maybe 20 years ago when I saw. But like, I remember like, they're like five bucks all ages. That's totally different than like, (laughs) you know, and I'm sure if they played shows now, it would probably be the same. Maybe it'd be 10 bucks because it was been 20 years. But I mean, I think Ian McKay has been doing Discord records. Like, I think as a full-time job but i don't think everyone on the label has i actually met him like 30 years ago and he was like ah, we'll talk to him about it and i think at the time like he was storing things in his parents house yeah yeah i mean a full-time job doesn't necessarily mean i mean we have images and ideas of what that is specifically in in the knitting world there are some designers that make millions. It's easy to calculate from the patterns they sell on Ravelry. It's just times that many people that actually made a page on it and then more because nobody, not everybody does. But there's also people that come across as the most professional, like designing patterns, writing books, and really don't have a lot to live off. And going back to earning your worth. And that is then again connected to kind of selling yourself and branding yourself. Yeah, there's it's so to make clear that you are an expert and that you have these years of experience and this specific talent and uh, the combination of talent, experience, insight, all of that, the courses you took, the, I don't know, everything years and years of of gathering information and honing your craft is not seen as worth worthy enough yeah it's hard and then we have for me personally i thought about how i wanted to make money a long time ago and what was how i wanted to do it and for me what felt right was if i wrote books or whatever to sell them like i've had some zine projects and like they cost money to print so but I think I'm going to send out electronic versions if I do anything. And then that's free. Figuring out what I wanted to charge for, what I wanted to give away for free, who I wanted to get money from. And for me personally, it feels better to get money from institutions that are going to pay me to do a workshop or talk so that things can be either free or low cost for people to join. Other people may be like, I want to create a community and do a, a patreon or some kickstarter or something like that but i think it was important for me to feel to look at what type of flow felt good for me and being adhd i also realized that like like i just mentioned zines like if i have a stack of zines at my house and i'm supposed to mail them to people i am going to have an executive dysfunction meltdown i'm just going to melt down because that's too many things to do that's not just you know mailing you zines sounds easy But that's like, I have to get your address. I have to get your money. I have to like put it in the mail. Like there's put a stamp on it. Like there's like a million things and my brain cannot handle all those things. So I think when you talk about money, it's important to think about what feels sustainable and what feels good because the ways that people are doing it may not always feel good. And so what, what can your brain handle? What, what feels, you know, what is, what is good? And also, if I, if I may be so bold, is, uh, where can I learn about, uh, tools and processes that help me do these things with my, uh, special situation? No, that's weird. Special situation. I'm always thinking about how should we call this, this funky brainness? I mean, yeah, same here, but yeah. 
And so there's so many things to think about that what it, what feels right. And I think it, it what you're doing and not being on on social media, like that feels right for you. And like that's so important to figure out. And with the branding or marketing piece, that also has to come down to what feels right to you. Like maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's a website, maybe, maybe it is social media, whatever, what feels right. Like I am only on Instagram. And I was like, because I'm like, well, Twitter X is a dumpster fire. And, and then I was like, Facebook didn't feel good. Like, um, I was, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to delete them. And so Instagram was the one that felt good. It's so important to, to connect to your, to your needs and your values and then collect information so you can make a decision. So so first know what it is that you actually need. Is is it extra time, flexibility, uh, processes and, and systems, organization, of sorts. What's important to you? Is it the connection? Can somebody else do the, the mailings? Uh, is it just you making it? All those kinds of things are worth spending some time on thinking about so that you can bring it so close to yourself that it is sustainable in the long run to do what you do. Right. Because then we, people are, I see people all the time, they're like not charging enough money. They're burning out. They are trying to do everything themselves. They're burning out. And so I think it's great that you're working with people to help things be more sustainable because it's not in a lot of ways. And then we also all feel this kind of pressure of, okay, so I have these values and I think it's important to make a change, uh, but how will it matter? Because uh, I'm just one person, I'm just one small business. How does what I do make a difference anyway? And in your dark and low moments i go deep in there i i I, sometimes i i think i don't know with the with the social media i go back to that all the time right now i'm in the middle of this thinking process should i go back should i just have like a shop front there no i don't want to and then i look at the documentaries again and i read the books again and then i'm like no i want to stay away from it it's a sinking ship i left it for a reason and then People talk to me and they say, no, uh, but the people that you're looking for are there and you're in marketing, so you should go there. And I'm like, yeah, there's other ways. And I've had success with other other ways and being creative and it's not fast. But remember that building like this huge amount of followers is not fast either. It depends on who is actually going to end up connecting to you for real. And how many people are that and all those kinds of things. And what what is your conversion rate of people that if you're selling something, buy what you sell? And is it like, you know, you make it, I get all these clicks on social media, but if like, you know, 0.1% people can, can, you know, buy stuff versus, you know, you may have a... It's important that you make your own decisions about it. What feels right to you, that's important. Don't do what I do. What the only thing that you need to do, what I say, is think about it. That's what you need to do. Think about it and believe in yourself. And I mentioned like things like conversion rate and stuff like that because like there's so many different points along the way to look at. Like how do you feel? What is more successful? It depends. Like for some people, they're gonna be I think there's so many points to look at and it's all about what feels good. And and I think that everyone's like social media, social media, social media. But if that, if you look at all your little points, graphs, and it feels bad, number one, you shouldn't do it. Like that's across the board. Like, you know, I, I think that like, although there's some things like, I, you know, you get a, you know, a shot or something to protect your house and like, you may feel bad afterwards. Like that's important. But like, you know, <laughs> but if it's something that you're doing for your business feels bad, then it's hurting you in the process. So maybe you want to need to rethink something. And marketing is such a, there's so many ways to do it. But I think that if you are only looking at one source, it will only tell you there's one way. Because everybody wants to sell ads, everyone wants to boost things or whatever. But like, when you look at things like newsletters or whatever, or, you know, they have a much higher rate of usually of engagement. And, uh, or conversion or whatever you're looking at. Like newsletters are usually much better 
then because you own them and you know and your website because it's something that you own and it's not anything anyone can take away from you and that's cool right like that's cool yeah that that speaks to my punk heart as well (laughs) yeah and i also think that when you look at craft there are many ways to to do it right like i knew for me i didn't want to make like a thousand stuffed owls or something right they're great don't get me wrong they're great but i knew that for me personally I'm just saying that like, I didn't want to make a whole bunch of things and take them to a market, right? And sell. That was what I didn't want to. I think also within craft, there is room, right? I know a lot of people that are going for their PhDs because they want to be academics. I know in craft, I know people that are talking about craft, that are doing workshops, that are doing all these things. So I think that there is room to move within craft based on just making craft. If that also doesn't feel right, if the community feels right or whatever, or maybe it's you look at more putting stuff on walls versus selling stuff because it frustrates me too when I see things that like somebody put hours and hours and hours into and they sell it for very cheap. And then that also leads to burnout. So I think that there is room to move with it. Or maybe you want to write about like, and I say write, you could, you know, write on your own website or uh, and then uh pitch articles you could do whatever you could pitch books like there's also you know there's so many different ways to expand and craft something that stuck with me that somebody said on the happy startup summer camp that i attended it's a like a hippie business thing i think it was vanessa bello who said her her talk was about building communities with belonging at the core. And I think it was her that said, mention other people's names in spaces where they would normally not be heard. That That still gives me like goosebumps, right? Yeah, I think it's important. It's important to share where you learn something. It's important to share who inspired you it's important you know because then somebody else may learn something and they make a make a connection and it's all about connection yes but especially in spaces where they would normally not be heard like if you're in a predominantly white community and uh you've learned something or heard about or you want to boost somebody from the black and brown community then then that is a good thing to do. And it's the same thing with people that just have started their business and you're at some business event. You kind of think about those things. And I think that that leads back to connection, right? I think that also in businesses, we're, we're thinking about like, I think there's so much, maybe this is me, my anxiety, self-speaking, but there's so much contraction that happens can't happen in business out of fear of scarcity out of fear of like i only need to, i only can you know can talk about myself or whatever or I only like I, i'm trying to sell 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 but i think when things start to contract and feel gross and scary then you sometimes have to look at what you're not doing right and maybe you're not talking about other people you're not reaching out and one of my favorite things to do, like I did to you, like, you know, which is like reaching out to people that I find and just being like, I really like what you do. Yes, exactly. So we're, we're basically landing on small actions, connecting, going deeper. Those things all matter and make a difference. And then tying that back to the, the statement that I shared at the beginning of the episode is, um, that we first need to answer another question. <laughs> before we can get there because this I, i'll repeat the statement why is making a revolutionary act in a world where everything is made for you where we started and then we went on many trails um it is a revolutionary act uh and i think that i go on all those little different things because i think they're all connected how many times have i said the word connected a million it's revolutionary because okay we'll take sewing for example I learned to sew a couple of years ago. Still not great, but it, it also happened when I learned to knit. With textiles, they're everywhere. And I think that you start learning, this is how long it takes me to make a sweater. And then you go and you buy something 
in the store and it's like five dollars and then you're like wait it took me a couple weeks to make this sweater and then i'm looking at a sweater and maybe it was like you know mass produced in some ways but someone had to put it together and you look at everything around you and then it becomes revolutionary and disrupting to make and learn about those systems and learn about you know and think or i guess and learn and think about how so many things are handmade that we don't even think about to think about how I can make, I don't like, you go to a shop and you don't like any of the colors, the, the sweaters or whatever, I can make it myself. So these, we're starting to make choices then based on how we show up in the world, what resources we use, who we're paying for that work. And then it becomes kind of mind blowing that we have choices because we don't always think we have choices. Again, that comes in business, that comes in life, that comes in what we wear when it comes to all the things and so it's a to i think again and also is important to me it's connection is choice because we have choice and we don't always and that think we have it and when we don't think we have it is when we need to explore and for me that also became like when i became vegetarian many years ago learning or thinking about how did this meat product get here? How does this, how did this happen? Which again, can be then taken back to punk as well. Like how did this music get to me? Why am I hearing what I'm hearing on the radio? So what are the forces to make all that happen? And so you learn all these things, learn that you have choice, learn you have a choice too to support and what you buy, Learn that you have to, and that there are people looking for alternatives as well. Who is looking for alternatives? Where are they looking for alternatives? Where are they not looking for alternatives for yarn or apparel or whatever? And then everything in the world, I don't know, kind of opens up a little bit when you realize that everything is connected and that you have choice. Those two things are kind of cool to me because you can explore and you can again create the world that you want to see out of just those two things. And would you say that um, creating your own wardrobe, like intentionally creating your own wardrobe is an act of craftivism? I think so. I think that activism, there's a lot of different, you know, activism. There are a lot of things you could do big and small, but I think that, Once you starting to think about intentional things, there is a there is an activism component to that. And most importantly, that is does that little action then turn you to think about bigger things, right? Like I think that does it where does it lead you to think about it and investigate? Or maybe that's around injustice. Maybe that's around sharing awareness for something some kind of you know issue in your life or whatever and then that leads to right showing up more fully in the world so i think that the activist component i think whether you call it activism or not is going to be personal like it's a very people have very personal definitions so i think that making can be a revolutionary act this is why i'm talking about that you know now because i think activism can look like a lot of things and um but it can be revolutionary because it can change your whole life. It can change how you show up in the world and who you connect with. And again, if it feels right, like, you know, like it, uh, um, and that to me has been very exciting. I think people, a lot of times will say, follow your passion, but I also think it's for me, following your, your curiosity has always been more important and that has led to all these roads of exploring. I mean, am I wearing a shirt? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of a mind-blowing moment for me because I think you're right there. It's been more curiosity than passion, I think. Oh, I have to think about this. This is very interesting. I think passion can, for some people, burn you out, especially if you're trying to hustle on all these 
fronts. I think, and maybe that's my ADHD brain too, because the curiosity piece, I'm always asking a thousand questions. So I'm always very, yeah, very curious. But, you know, I also think you got to pick, you know, your battles. Like, am I wearing a shirt that I bought at Target? Yes, I am. I'm also wearing a shirt that I bought from a more sustainable clothing manufacturer. So I think that you're also not going to get to where you want to go instantly. Do I have a goal to make everything? Yes. But I'm not going to throw everything out that I already have. I'm going to, because the things that I did buy from a shop, I was like, I like you. You're my friend. And I'm going to take you home and I'm going to put you in my closet and I'm going to wear you until I can't, until I can't wear you anymore. And I'm going to mend you and I am going to, you know, and versus buying something that I want to plan to wear once. There are different conversations to be had, but I guess I also want to say that like you have all these choices, right? But it's not like, I mean, making all your own clothes or takes more than going to take a long time. And all the, and all the skills you need to learn over time. So that's why my, my kind of goal, sorry, I'm it's so, I just didn't talk about this. <laughs> why? Um, well, I'm trying, but it's, it's a slow process, uh, on my own. But in this community, I'm trying to offer different lessons to teach people the basics. So knit socks, sew your underwear, you know, the basics so that you can, can do those things. And when you do those things, you learn the, the, the techniques that you need to know to do other things. What I'm hearing is that we need to do. We need to have some sort of craft punk workshoppy thing that, uh, yes, that someone if needs to invite us to do. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> that, yeah. Echoing that back to you. <laughs> that's so fun because I love that you say that someone needs to invite us to do. You really make me think about you don't necessarily have to do it all yourself. There's a, a thought process there. That can be so smart to find the right institutions that can do that. That's amazing. One last thing, though, because, um, oh, my gosh, I could do this for hours. <laughs> Let's say this again next week and just not record it. <laughs> but the last question I have is all the things we were talking about, connection, small things that make a difference, empowering the kind of punk vibe being a business and trying to lean into making the right choices for you as a person, uh, feeling confident in owning where you are as a business, uh, whether or not you're doing it all yourself or you are being supported by your partner or something else and not a bank, which is always great or a bank for that matter. It's your, it's up to you. All of that together makes me wonder, what does a craftivist in business look like? What kind of overlap can we find here? Is it everybody that really wants to change the world or does it go deeper? I think that if you had told me 20 years ago when I started doing this, it would be changing the world. But I think now it's more as I... I've done so much deep work on myself or whatever to heal and stuff like that. Like personally, that has affected a lot of what I talk about now. As um, And so I think that now it's more like, where are you in alignment with how you feel? And I, if the, and I think it's that is the more driving force to me right now. And where the whole craftivism kind of thing fits into that is are you also in alignment in a way that wakes you up to systems that are unfair and are you working either on a personal level or a bigger level to solve them to talk about them to maybe just change them in your own life and so it's a way of thinking about there's so many things we can't solve everything and so it's a you finding something that you can work on and and talk about and share that changes the world 
in your own way that is in alignment with yourself. Because I think if you try to be, to create change in everything, you're, that is going to be not unsustainable. So I think that the first process is kind of, you know, getting, it may happen, I guess, happen in different directions, I guess. But the craftivism, my, how I make things can have empowering things for me and other people. And then also thinking about what systems you're, you're working within. This was awesome. This was amazing. Thank you so much. Tell us, where can people find your work? I, I am on social media. Uh, just, just Instagram though. Um, because I like, I don't know. I like, but I also use it a little sparingly. So, but at Craftivista, and um, actually, I, if you just Google my name, you'll it should show up. I have a website and a newsletter that I have been bad about sharing things on. I've also realized that like I can use it how I want. It's not like I need to do it every week. It's like I can use it when I want to. And I'm, that was also a revelation. I'm like, oh, because I think there's a time where it's like, you must do this every week. And I was like, that is exhausting. And I so that's hellobetsygreer.com. And you can find out if you do want to work with me in some capacity, you can find about the, all those ways. Thank you. This has been such a joy. And I hope we meet and talk again. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. I would love to hear about your thoughts and ideas around this episode. Please go to patternshift.fm and leave me a voice message or comment below the show notes. Do you want more actionable business tips and insights that speak your language? None of that icky businessy lingo, but coming from a slow fashion business expert in bite-sized chunks. Stay a bit longer on patternshift.fm while you're there and sign up for our bi-weekly mails and information about the platform I've built so that makers and sellers can connect and build a solid base against fast fashion because pff, fuck fast fashion, right? Until next time and remember every stitch counts as we work together and create a pattern shift for you, your business, the crafters and the fashion industry.